I have a question for you. Do your emotions control you? I mean, that's probably a funny question. Like, we're in college. It, <laughs> it's pretty overwhelming. I understand. But did you know that your feelings have a seat at the table, but they are not the centerpiece of it? We talk about that today with my friend Jessica Hoddle, who has written several books, but her latest is Face Off With Your Feelings, and you're not going to want to miss this to help kind of just emotionally settle your mind and have a healthy relationship with your emotions, your feelings, right? We get into all of that, and I hope you can join us. Let's go. Hey, girl. Welcome to Money and Mental Peace, a podcast for Christian college girls wanting to graduate debt-free. Do you procrastinate on homework while Googling easy scholarships and money for college because you're drowning in debt and student loans? Afraid you'll never have enough time and motivation to find ways to pay for college when you don't even have enough time to sleep or have a social life? I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student and overachiever looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college, and I wished for a clear direction on how to do it. I wanted an easier way to fund college with less anxiety, but I kept telling myself I had no idea what to do, thought I wasn't finished in school fast enough, and thought I would never have enough money. Until some scholarships and real rare school hacks got me through debt-free, and I can show you how to do this as well. In this podcast, you'll find mental peace, answers for your future, and enough money to kill it at college. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and enroll in the most stress-free and debt-free class that you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. Hey guys, welcome back. We are here, like I mentioned, talking with my friend, Jessica Hoddle. Is that how I pronounce your last name? Yes, it is. Awesome. And Jessica is a faith-based fitness coach, podcast host, best-selling author, and speaker with a heart for teaching women how to dismantle the lies that keep them from healing and wholeness, which I think we all need. <laughs> um, she is the author of Own Your Worth, A Worthy Wife, and Know Your Worth. <clears throat> and the host of What's the Truth, a show, a podcast, she challenges the way her listens, listeners think so they can change the way they live. So her writing has been featured um, by She Works His Way, Cross Training, oh, Couture, Couture, Couture. Is that how you pronounce that? <laughs> yep, you got it. All right. And Revelation Wellness. When she isn't writing, speaking, or coaching, you can find her enjoying time with her husband, John, being a mama to their three cats and spending her free time outside whenever she can, like golf, hiking, reading, writing in her journal. Okay. So Jessica, I do love to hike, but I admit I never gotten to golf that much. Is that something that you would just totally recommend? This is just the first low ball, easy question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I feel like for somebody to golf, they have to love the actual game of golf because it's just so you and the ball and it's form and it's technique. And so I'm not like, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself good at all. My husband is the the golfer for sure. So I'm more of the, Hey, let's hang out together and let's go golf. Like I can hit the ball and stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, I think that if you have like some kind of like, Oh, I do want to try this, then go for it. But I know a lot of people like get frustrated. <laughs> Got it. Um, so it's really like, Hey, if you have a little act for it, I say yes. But if you're just like, no, then just stay away. Cause you don't want to turn your turn bitter toward it. 
Understood. Understood. And I don't think I could handle if it's really hot, but it sounds like it's a good instance. Ladies, if you love to do it, that is awesome. And also if you have a man in your life who loves to do it, it's a chance to just talk because a lot of times guys (laughs) will talk more if they're doing something, not sitting and staring at you, or at least so I've been told. So, um, (laughs) yeah, my first question um, actually, while I go get my charger, so I'm going to ask if you'll answer the question while I'm doing that, I should have had that, is just a little bit more if I didn't specify everything um, in your bio, if you want to mention anything specific, and then also what you do in your words, meaning you've written th- these books, um, I'm not sure the ebooks or whatnot, and it's about worth and and kind of could you set us up for what we're going to be talking about, connecting that with just like emotions because Mm -hmm. women girls in college like it's almost like if their emotions (laughs) could just be stable all the time they'd be like superheroes like they could do anything else it seems like if their emotions could just be settled or just feeling the truth about themselves um that was a bit of a vague question so I think I would just love to hear um your story like where this has come from from and relating it to my college girls Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, of course. Charger. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have been somebody that has really rode the waves of emotion in pretty much my whole life. And, you know, if somebody was up, I was up. If they were down, I was down. And so I was never really emotionally stable, especially throughout my life. You know, I grew up in a home where I saw physical and emotional abuse. And I didn't really know how to have a healthy conversation. I didn't really know how to have a healthy relationship. And I really took that from at such a young age, right into my teenage years, right into um, my early 20s. You know, I tried going to college twice and I kind of consider myself a small dropout there, but I just tried all of these things and I was trying to do all of these things. And, you know, I was trying to navigate relationships and all of that. And so for me, I understand the emotional wave that comes with everything you've experienced in life, you know, whether you've had trauma or, you know, certain beliefs where you feel like you have to strive and earn success. All of these really guide us to who we are today. And so for me, you know, writing my newest book, Face Off With Your Feelings, was really about helping women honor their feelings, but not stay in their feelings and also know that they can go to God with their feelings. And that was like a very huge moment at bridging the gap. So many, I think people teach that it's one or the other, your feelings are bad, don't follow your feelings. You know, God is truth. All of those things are true, but how about we combine them and and build this bridge where okay, here's all of our feelings. They're big, they're hard, they're heavy, but here's God. So what do we do with them both? We combine them. We can go to God with our feelings. And so that's just a little bit about me. That's awesome. And that's a great reminder. So it's interesting you mentioned those points because um, my avatar, my person I imagine that I'm talking to is this girl out there who is also kind of an overachiever mindset. So there's kind of stress on like getting a lot of stuff done um, striving, earning success, and maybe she's been learning that. So when I am on a podcast, part of my bio is I call myself a recovering overachiever. And that means that I might not have totally recovered yet, but like we're still working on it. So that imagine that is who we're talking to here. So in that instance, that sounds awesome. First off, the, the book Face Off With Your Feelings. Um, 
can we go a little bit more in depth to honor your feelings, but not staying in your feelings and give me some examples of that? Yeah. Um, Perhaps around my student in college or stressed, it could be school related, but then there's also, you know, relationships and, oh, you have to work, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and there's just so much going on. And you and I talked a little bit before we started that some people talk to college students and they're like, well, wait till you get to the real world. But that's not encouraging. That's usually discouraging because, yes, you might not have kids to work with right now, but you're not only doing work and some people full time, but like also mm-hmm. school and also relationships. And and that doesn't always yeah. mean like dating. That could just be like keeping up with like your parents, you know. Um, apparently, my questions are really long questions. So basically, I'm asking about examples of honoring but not staying in the feelings yeah I think that it doesn't matter what age of life you're in you're always going to hear these comments that say well wait until xyz and it's almost this you want to believe that person's coming from like a good place right they Mm want to warn you or they want to help you but it also can be from this bitter place where they're frustrated in their own life and so we start to take that onto others. And you then know, I think I remember when I'm in college, it was so easy. Yeah. There's just so many things. Yeah. And I always say, when you hear those comments, just like say, thank you, but don't take it in and, you know, and don't receive it most importantly, because I hear things all the time, you know, wait until with your husband, like, it's like, you're going to get, you're going to start dating. Well, when is it going to happen? When you get married, you just wait, things die. And it just, <laughs> I feel like as a whole, we just like to have this warning with people, which whatever, but I just want to encourage you. If you hear those sayings to just say, thank you, but don't receive them. Um, Something about the feelings that I always talk about is that feelings have a seat at the table, but they are not the centerpiece. So that. that means they can sit with you, but they're not the focal point. That means that you don't follow your feelings. You follow the father. So when we follow the father, when we follow God, that means our feelings will follow suit. So that means that you can be both sad and joyful. That means that God is both and. So often we're taught that it's either or. I have to choose between being angry right now about this test grade that I didn't pass or whatever, or I have to choose joy and know that, oh, it's going to be better and it's fine. And so we start to brush ourselves up as if we're okay. So then what starts to happen when we keep saying we're okay, this is where we get overwhelmed. This is where we get anxious is because we keep shoving down feelings that are actually alive and real that you're experiencing, but you keep shoving them down to try to make yourself appear better than you are. And if feelings have, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you paused. (laughs) No, go ahead. Let me just, I'm just playing in this analogy because I love analogies. Okay. Let me say that what if, their feelings are a seat at the table. If you're shoving down the people sitting at the table, that's kind of rude. <laughs> so I forget that imagination in your mind. Like you need to acknowledge people, but it's not the food you're eating. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to go along with Well, that. even like, if you, even if the food's on the table and it's not the centerpiece, if even if you think about your, if you were to close your eyes and you think about a table, you think about your feelings sitting on the table and then you're just eating your, ta- your feelings, not in a sense, like physically with food, or else sometimes we do, but then you start to get sick and you start to get Mm -hmm. stomachache. Your body will start to feel that, Mm -hmm. you know, meaning your emotions don't go away. They get buried alive. So just because you're ignoring it and saying that you're okay, even though you're not, 
doesn't mean that it's going away. It doesn't make it better and it doesn't make it right. And so that's why they have a seat at the table. They're sitting there. They're not all over the table and they're not the centerpiece, but it's a welcome invitation to actually process with the Lord. So that's why I talk about both and the power of both and it also helps us not become anxious in our mind or overwhelmed. So we don't feel like we have to constantly choose between two opposing sides, which is often, again, it's like, well, I'm sad, but you should be happy, right? We, we feel like there's this should, mm-hmm. we should on ourselves. Like I'm going through this, I'm struggling with money. So I shouldn't be X, Y, Z. So mm-hmm. there is this reality, this real truth to your experience, which is the little T truth. Then there's the big T truth of who God is. So our little T truth has that seat at the table, but our big T truth is the centerpiece that covers all, right? And so just an example of you just being able to hold both sadness and joy at the same time is an example of you not having to choose, you know? And I think that that is, um, it's really powerful for you to be able to experience both and toggle between versus feeling like, you know, when somebody asks you if you're okay, you just keep saying, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, I'm going to get over it. It'll be fine. I'll just pass versus just honestly speaking out what is actually wrong. So your body can process it in a healthy way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What are some practical steps? Like if my student between classes, right? There's not a lot of time there and just got some really disappointing news. So she's overwhelmed, but also she just got a great grade on a test. So she's happy, but then she has to hurry to her next class. I think a lot of times there's two angles to this. There's not enough time to process or some of us sit in the emotions for too long for days. It's like both. And so Mm -hmm. I love what you said about don't follow the feelings, follow the father. Like Mm -hmm. if anyone's listening, like let's have that as a saying, right? But you can acknowledge the feeling. It's like I've read once a quote that um, gaze at Jesus and glance at your problems. Mm -hmm. So you do have to look at them to deal with them and interact with them and talk to God about them. But but there is that. Um, Could you give us a practical example of my girl listening, being able to acknowledge her feelings real quick and then kind of has to go on because life is happening right now or she's at work or something. Yeah. So you can put this into practice. Um, I was sent this out to my email list yesterday, actually, about Mm. um, using I am aware. So this is you just naming, because this is going to also help us stay out of the overwhelm and the anxious feeling Mm -hmm. where you just start naming things that you're aware of. I am aware that I am sad. I am aware that she is wearing a blue shirt. I am aware that my shoes are dirty. You're bringing yourself back to the present because what happens in our feelings is that they're often living from a past experience or just a present experience that happened. And it's going to try to dictate your identity and your safety, meaning are you loved or, you know, who you are. That's typically what is happening when we're experiencing some kind of pain or situation. We start to filter it through those two things, safety and love, basically identity, love, safety and stuff like that. So just using this practice, like I am aware, allows you to say, I am aware that I am sad. I'm aware that my stomach hurts. I am aware that my shoulders are really tight. I am aware that I am tired. You know, it's just bringing yourself back to this moment. So then as you're kind of moving through, I am aware, you can kind of go into this process called containment, where you actually have to kind of visualize 
whatever those feelings are, like naming them in your mind as you like close your eyes for a few seconds and picture them being handed off to, I would like to say just to God, like his hands out, his hands out in front of you, um, you know, and you're kind of containing them and giving them over to him. Or you can just picture a box that you're putting them in. Um, it just helps you to be able to visualize where they're going as you are aware of them to put them in the box. Mm -hmm. So those are just practical things that can be done on the fly as you're walking, as you're driving, things like that. I love that because, um, it's not something that it's like anyone listening. It's not like there's magical power in putting in something you're imagining, but even just anybody going to like therapy for anxiety would be learning like what is your body doing how are you mm -hmm. reacting like sometimes we don't even know what our feelings or emotions are we just feel off and so I love that like acknowledging the things with like no judgment just acknowledging this how I'm feeling I don't have to reason out why I'm feeling this way yeah. I mean you can if there's time to process but um I guess it's like not getting down on yourself. And I've, <clears throat> this is probably not, I probably need a different saying for this, but this is what I got so far is like, sometimes I tell myself to choose my guilt and that sounds bad because I'm not saying guilt, be guilty, but I could be like, oh, I didn't do the laundry today. I feel guilty, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I was really doing my, a project that I needed to finish. So, or if I did laundry, I would have felt guilty. I wasn't doing the project. Now I'm not saying feel guilty all the time. I'm saying I am good at feeling guilty, whatever I'm doing. So I just got to pick something and ignore that and just do it. Like, at least that's how I tell myself some of that. That's not really the most pithy of sayings, um, to your guilt on stuff. But for example, like, um, all this going on with like Ukraine and school shootings and whatever, but I've been doing great in my business and like career podcast stuff. So I've been really happy about that. But then I feel guilty. Well, I shouldn't be happy because this is happening over in the world. Well, I'm not happy about that happening and I'm praying for those people, but I can still, well, actually, let me ask you if someone was asking you this, but I can still be happy about this particular area of my life, right? What if someone's mm -hmm. listening right now and they're like, I feel guilty being happy. But then when I'm sad, I feel guilty because I have so many blessings. I should be happy. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard to wrap. That was in my mind a lot when I was in college. Do you feel like the same steps that you just suggested could apply in this type of situation? Of course. I mean, I think just in general, this comes back to identity it comes back to who we believe we are, who we believe God is, and our safety also in God. Um, because when those things become threatened or we, a lot of it, if I just rephrase, comes down to our belief about God, meaning do we believe God is, you know, this, this person that's just waiting to strike us down, putting us in the corner, mm -hmm. looking at us through our sin, because that's where the shame and guilt really comes from. We feel like we have to perform and be good to earn his love. Mm -hmm. I think that really comes down to like, I can't have feelings that are apart from scripture. And if I do, then I'm bad and I need to change them and be more better or be better um, mm -hmm. so that God will love me more. And mm -hmm. Feelings are not a sin, but feelings can lead us to sin. So, you know, Wait, I think you need to repeat that for those in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, feelings are not a sin, okay. but feelings can lead us to sin. Good. Okay. So that means that if I'm angry, I can be angry with the Lord, not angry with the Lord, but I mean, like go to him with my anger. 
Yeah. But me acting out on my anger becomes a sin, meaning lashing out on my husband, saying things to people that I don't know. Like that is when our, our feelings and our emotions become more of a sin based acting out of the flesh. But if you're just angry and you're talking it out with somebody, that's not a sin. You're actually processing it and going to trusted people to walk through what is actually happening inside of you that so that you can renew your mind and even become more sanctified like Christ, right? And so yep. that's a completely different thing than most of us are taught or hear. And so like you're what you're saying, it comes back to the both and. You're trying to choose between these really big feelings that you have versus just saying, I can honor both. Like, I'm going to take action here with the school shootings and what's going on in Ukraine, but I'm also here enjoying this part that the, that the Lord has blessed me with of serving and helping and stewarding. And so the more that we stop trying to choose and know that it's both and the more free we'll feel Mm -hmm. because it's not about comparing ourselves to other people to make ourselves feel better or worse. Meaning this is what we say, well, so-and-so has it worse than I do. So, you know, I need to raise myself up or it could be worse, right? So Mm -hmm. when something happens, instead of just acknowledging the situation, we say so-and-so has it worse or it could be better. There's always this comparison between other people mm-hmm. and situations around us versus just saying, no, this is my story. This is my situation. And I do want to honor it. Mm-hmm. I love that because honestly, with any situation in life, somebody could have it worse or better. Mm-hmm. But you, whoever's listening, you only know what's relative to your experience. So your trauma or whatever, but let's say a trauma is legit. It might not be some really horrendous sexual abuse trauma, but it could be really a traumatic situation for what you have experienced in life. And I've had to tell myself that because I've had stress or frustrations about certain things that I had never experienced before. And just the newness of it is overwhelming. And I'm allowed to say that was really hard, even though it's easy for other people. But think about like for me, like talking on a podcast here, it's not really hard for me. And public speaking wasn't really too terrible for me, but some people are deathly afraid of it. So there's a balance out there, I think. And mm-hmm. I like what you had said before. I wanted to read this real quick, if that's cool. I love this is what I love when we play off this because I just like we didn't plan all these points, whoever's listening. So um anyone thinking they need to do something to stay in God's love is just reminding to go to Romans eight, thirty-eight and thirty-nine that I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's acknowledging like we might not feel that, but like tell ourselves that. But like we can still try to do positive, good things beyond that. Um, it's just hope. Like yeah, I yeah. think just knowing that can kind of alleviate that and then proceed <laughs> to the next step in someone's day or mind. Um, I do have a couple questions to connect that with money. But did you want to say any more about what we've been on right now and maybe that verse or whatever? No, it's absolutely true. And and a lot of times we'll hear, like I'll hear women say like, well, I don't feel it. Well, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it isn't true. 
And so knowing that also you don't have to feel it to believe it. You have to know it and then you experience it. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible also says the heart is deceitful. So we're going to feel things, but we have to go back to the truth of the word and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, what about when we connect this with feelings around money? Because that is up or down situation. And often it comes from um, their family and what they are connected with with family. So this is just going to be a vague question um, to however you want to answer. But how can this be applied to ups and downs with mindset around money and like where someone grew up with an idea of either it's really bad to have a lot of money or you should have a lot of money. It's your worth. Like there's many extremes we can go here. Yeah. So many. I think the, the word that keeps coming to my mind is, is your belief. Like, do you know your belief about money? Because your belief about money is going to then propel you into action. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to also just create behavior. So our thoughts create behavior and our behaviors create our action. And so for me, even coming up and growing up poor, I realized like I always wanted to strive to earn because I never wanted to be like I was as a child and as a teenager. So everything I did stemmed from that belief of, I don't want to be who I was then. I have to be different than how I was raised and how I grew up. So knowing that though, put me into hustle. It put me into striving. It put me into stress. It put me into overwhelm versus, okay, understanding my belief about money, what scripture says about um, just the issues of the heart around money. Mm-hmm. And for me, so I think that it comes down to beliefs and getting to the root of the issue around money and what you believe, because once you know what you believe, then you can begin to renew it in a conscious way mm-hmm. when you're in, you know, attentional, um, they call it attentional control, which is to me, basically just this uh, renewing process because renewing your mind is active. It's not passive. You're not going to just change your beliefs, just going about your day. You actually have to consciously be thinking about what you're thinking about. And so attentional control is basically just to sum it up. It's being focused and concentrated on one thing. And that means that what thought is coming in, you're, you're consciously choosing what thoughts are coming in. Hmm. And that to me is where <laughs> the renewing process is happening. Because when you're consciously thinking about your thoughts, that means they're pliable. It's like Play-Doh. You can mold them into what you want them to be according to scripture. Um, and so it's this attentional control of, I'm going to concentrate right now on this thought. Okay. This is what I'm thinking. And you, this is great for a journaling exercise too. If you have a hard time, what's going on in your head to, to focus it and put it onto paper, Mm -hmm. but be able to even doing something like that to get to the root and to begin to kind of change and transform those beliefs. Because again, it's going to come down to also our action because we can pray all day long about money and the mindset around money, but It's not until we really get our bodies going and matching our prayers that really begin to transform how we believe and live out. Got to sneeze. Oh, no, it went away. Okay. (laughs) This is real life, people. That's awesome because I know I've seen that a lot lately, even in like prayers, um, wanting to pray for other people or the world, which is a great thing to do. But then I have something pressing in my work or business or my personal life that I'm praying through. But then I'm like, 
oh, and this. And also I pray for Ukraine and then also this, and then it just feels overwhelming. And that's where sometimes journaling it out um, can help. Um, I know that wasn't exactly what the only thing you're referring to, but also like when you talk about renewing your mind, I really like Romans 12 too, which now I don't remember how it starts um, about renewing your mind so that you can know God's will and encourage people to go look at that and also look up verses about money as well. So we're kind of closing down on our time together. I have one more question, then I want to hear how you know people can find you. But let's say connecting this to um, earning money and paying for college, like my girl, let's say she is just gung-ho to get through college debt-free with ways that I've been suggesting and she's finding how to do this. But her, it's not as much um, that there aren't opportuni- opportunities out there. It's that her emotions are threatening to just derail her, I feel like, and it's and it's hard. But how important is this to um, have this mental peace, emotional clarity, giving your feelings a seat at the table, but not the centerpiece? How connected do you think that is to this girl being able to reach her goal of graduating college with such freedom? Because my hope Mm -hmm. is after college, then she's not beholden to paying anyone back and she can just launch into whatever next step God's encouraging her to, instead of just having to get a job for money to pay back loans. Like that's kind of the big picture here. And how important is putting some time into handling her emotions well for that to be accomplished? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that often when it comes to healing and that's how I kind of look at emotions and things like that, we have this perspective that it has to be Like I have to go away for the weekend, you know, or I have to spend hours a day reading scripture or whatever. But I like to look at healing as everyday choices, everyday moments, meaning moment to moment, you can choose to not be angry. You can choose to, you know, something happens. You can, maybe somebody cuts you off. You can choose right there to have grace and not to have anger. That's healing. When you choose the truth, when you choose love versus something else right? When you choose God versus that part of you that just wants to rise up and get justice yourself, right? Um, And so that's healing to me. How is that incorporating with, with, you know, debt-free? It matters about everything because when we go back to that belief system, that's going to drive our desire and our needs and our wants. And so when we're talking about getting jobs and and things like that to pay off and be debt-free, we have to know what's actually driving us. So is it the pressure from parents that's like, you have to do this? Or is it, okay, I don't want to be poor, you know, my whole life. There's these so many extremes that we come into when it, when we think about being debt-free and the emotional part. But when our emotional part is actually being processed in a healthy way, then we're actually able to show up and do the work that we're called to do um, instead of even being tired or fatigued all the time. Um, and have that energy and things to show up. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I believe so much goes back to that root system because the root is what drives the fruit. Uh, and so you can't just cut off the weed because the weed will go back, right? We actually have to pull it up from the root. Um, so the weed doesn't come back. So that to me is an example of also being able to process and, and go and talk about what you're experiencing with somebody or a friend or journaling through so that you can show up every day um, to the best and offer up what you have to the Lord and continue to, to move forward. I think that's great because you probably reassured some people listening that 
um, they're like, I have, I don't have time to heal, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, for one thing, especially if you're not sleeping or whatever, maybe there's, you need to have a little less plans in your life. Now, if it's insomnia and other stuff, that could be another issue. But I think you're reassuring people that it can be a little bit each day. It doesn't have to be, you have to schedule this whole weekend getaway. And then there's pressure to be entirely healed in one weekend. And that's not always going to be like that. Um, so I would love for you to let people know how you can find your books and your podcast and such. I do want to throw out this point that, um, I, I, I just try to do this now from now on with any guests. I have not read through all her books, so I'm sure Jessica's books are awesome. Um, but you know how you would ever, um, listen to a radio show. They're like, the the opinions expressed are not necessarily the ones of the interviewer. <laughs> I haven't read them all through yet, but I am sure they are great. So just go find them and let me know if I should read them. And um, but I did want to mention a point um, that when we're talking about worth, in my understanding, some people get way off of like everything's worthy just the way you are. And yes, you do have such worth in God's eyes, but it, the worth is because of what Christ has done for us. And I just want to make sure people, I haven't actually read your books, but you're nodding. So it sounds like you agree because it seems like I don't want to refer people to just like this. You're, you're amazingly exactly perfect. I mean, you are amazing. Anyone listening, but we're not perfect in and of ourselves. We are, we're, we're, you know, righteous robed in righteousness, robes of righteousness. I can talk because of what Christ has done for us. So I just want to reiterate that to anyone listening um, because we are sinful as well. So, okay. She's nodding. So it sounds like her books are around that as well. So it sounds like I can support her books. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What do you absolutely. think about that? And then just tell everyone where to find you. Yeah. I think that if we had the problem or the solution within ourselves, then we'd be a lot healthier body and body of Christ. Um, so obviously the solution is, is to turn to the Lord and know that his scripture and his word is real and it's for correcting and it's for reproof and it's for, it's for that guidance. Um, and so for, for us, you know, the, the answer isn't in, in ourselves, which is what we hear when we say about, you know, it's your worth and your true worth and all that kind of stuff. Well, if that was the case, then we would just be more happy. Wouldn't we? Wouldn't, it's just, so obviously there's something else out there, God, mm-hmm. that transforms us. Um, so yeah, but you can find me on jessicahoddle.com. I'm on Instagram at Jessica Hoddle, uh, and you're listening here to the podcast. So you can hop over to my podcast, um, as well, and you can find it under from head to heart. Okay. Awesome. And I can link that also in the description for anyone listening. Um, and what was the thing that's called? What's the truth? I thought I had looked that up. Is that your past name? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Then never mind. Um, her Jessica and I are in the same, not currently the same program, but we've gone through the same podcast program to like finalize our brand and everything. So some of this might be changing. So I can just link that so it's correct for anyone. Um, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, guys, go listen to Jessica's podcast. Check out all her stuff online and her books and whatnot. And until next time, we'll help you guys get set up with enough money and mental peace to get through college debt-free. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hey, girl. Okay, so before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot, post it in your Insta stories, and tag me. 
Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.